wake up in the morning, love And the sunlight hurts my eyes And something without warning, love Bears heavy on my mind Then I look at you And the world's all right Welcome to WMHH FM's 103.5 Just in Time Conversations. I'm your host, Justin Farmer, uh, inviting you to be in community with us about conversations and ideas that matter with people who are making a difference. Today, our guest is Natalie Bonafee. Did I did I get it right? It's fine. <laughs> and we're we're talking about um, uh, women's health. Natalie is a, a, a proud uh, uh, advocate for women. And so uh, I guess talking first about this uh, stride for menopause and kind of like how you came to this conversation and what, like, how did you first hear about menopause? And then how did you start to become an advocate? Well, Justin, thank you so much for having me. And please interrupt me if I get too excited about those topics (laughs) of mine. (laughs) Not unusual. Um, Please monitor me. Um, Well, I am 55 years old. um, And uh, the average age um, for women in the U.S. um, for reaching menopause is 50. And I am... um, So for the past... I would say for the past five, seven years, I have been in a stage that is called perimenopause. Mm. Um, And um, like most of the women who reach uh, that age, and sometimes a lot earlier, um, we've experienced, I've experienced a lot of changes. And no one um, would really put a name on it. Um, So instead of looking at you holistically, uh, providers look at you, you know, if you go for your eyes, you know, check your eyes. If you go for your um, knees, check your knees. If they go for your bladder, uh, they check your bladder, but they don't look at you. And uh, a few years back when I went to see, uh, I was already an end-of-life doula. I was already working with, with a lot of people in situation of vulnerability. And during that transition for me, I realized that um myself i didn't have an advocate i had to become my own advocate for my own health um and i remember being uh, going to yale health and talking to uh, uh, OBGYN, and i said well you know how do i prepare for menopause because it's coming i can tell you know i'm more anxious um i'm warm uh, i but something is happening, but I cannot put a name. And, and she said to me, what's your problem? Mm. I don't really have a problem. What do I need to look for? And she said, well, unless you have your problem, a problem, I can't help you. And I said, well, how do I prepare? And then you turn, most of the women I talk to, uh, they turn to their moms, they talk to their sisters, and no one, no one is there and people don't know. Um, so that's how it started. So in, since I was already working with the community and I was also already hosting conversations about death and dying, you know, they're called death cafes. I've already talked about these things before, you know, I thought about hosting menopause cafes on zoom. It was during the pandemic and, uh, I Googled it and I found that those cafes already existed in the UK. So I contacted my colleagues in the UK and the space was exactly what uh, people were looking for, a space where you can just talk about what's happening to them and making sense of it. Uh, It's not a medical forum. This is where we discovered um, this just incredible um, stories, each woman having a unique story about how they're going through midlife and very few people who understand them. So from the cafe, so I've been hosting the cafe now for like two and a half years. 
And recently, um, so in the spring, uh, one of the participants was saying, you know, let's do something so we can bring awareness about menopause and so we can feel heard outside those little you know, private rooms. And um, she started the whole thing, Michelle Smith. She started the whole thing. Um, she's in New York City. She connected with uh, other women in the group and myself. And uh, we reached out to all the podcasters in the UK. Mm. <laughs> and we started that Menopause Walk 2022 that is going to take place in October. So I so just so that people, right, and we'll definitely highlight this again. So what when we're so when is the walk and what time what day okay so october is menopause awareness month Mm -hmm. the entire month of october um the 18th of october is menopause uh, awareness day but we've decided to do a menopause walk that was virtual so it could be global. So anyone uh, could participate from all over the world. And, and, you know, we said walk because that's the generic word. But it's anybody. could be a bicycle. It could be a wheelchair. It could be, you know, a scooter. It could be running. If anyone who would like to move their body one, the way they can to join it. So we have just launching the, the, the site and I'll, I'll give it to you um, so people can register as soon as, you know, today. Um, but the, and we count our steps um, starting October 1st throughout the 31st of October. So, and the, the goal that we have is that people walk 50,000 steps during the entire month of October, which is about uh, the length of a marathon. So it's nothing strenuous. It can be achieved by most people. It can be. They want to. It's a commitment. But it it is possible a little bit every day. And uh, it's also what coincides with the 50, like 50 years old reaching menopause, um, and our goal is to raise is to raise money for uh, organizations um, that bring awareness. So we're raising money. Uh, this is you know we, we're not getting money ourselves. We're raising money for research mm-hmm. on women's health, particularly menopause. We're raising money for um, a lab in New York City that is specialized in um, brain um, health. So this is this lab, um, Dr. Mosconi uh, at Well Cornell Hospital in New York City, and her lab is called the Women's Health Initiative, and it's particularly important. It's one of our um, beneficiaries. Um, this is particularly important because at midlife, um, women going through menopause, women um, experience a change in energy in the brain. And there is more and more evidence that when it's not done properly, it could facilitate the development of dementia like Alzheimer's disease. There is a link. And it's not surprising. You still need research to be done. But it's not surprising because the change in hormones affect the brain. We have a lot of um, estrogen and testosterone and progesterone receptors in the brain. And it's also valid for men. But for the women, because of the very sudden uh, decrease in hormone production by the ovaries, um, there is a very drastic change in the brain. This is why most women experience, I menopause, experience brain fog Mm. and temperature um, variations as well, because it's regulated by the, 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 the brain. So anyway, Lisa Mosconi studies that uh, also uh, two out of three people uh, with Alzheimer's disease are women. So why is that, that more women are being affected? And you're also looking at women of color 
who are dramatically more affected and during menopause and in terms of dementia at the end of life. This is a real problem. And uh, we can, by talking about it now, we, they can seek help and they can have a much better life. You are listening to Just In Time Conversations, WNH-FM 103.5. Myself, Justin Farmer, uh, our guest, Natalie, uh, talking about uh, menopause. Um, so I, I guess a, a question, right? I, I only know of menopause through like sitcoms, right? And, and, and TV of like, women experiencing uh temperature changes right but like what are the what are like the common signs of menopause and like are there state you mentioned kind of like stages so what are the more common stages at the beginning and then going throughout menopause well the, the thing is justin is like menopause is really uh perimenopause, the day of menopause, which is the day women stop having menses for about uh, after a year and one day. This is just one day. And menopause also includes the postmenopausal. So um, the day women stops having, stop uh, having their periods, uh, it's the day menopause. Okay. Before that, all those years where the, 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 um, the amount of hormones starts de decre decreasing during the life. Um, this, this phase is called perimenopause. So um, it comes after, you know, the years of, uh, of um, fertility. It comes. I mean, some women can experience this in their late 30s, starting to feel like they're not well. They have hot flashes. Uh, they are tired. They have brain fog. Um, they hurt. Uh, and the younger women, uh, it's about 5% of the women who have it before their 40s, um, wow. they would uh, experience some symptoms and they would be told, you know, um, oh, this is too early to be menopause. <laughs> so they would suffer for years. Oh, wow. Um, and um, so it can last perimenopause. I mean, personally, it's been seven or eight years. It's average, you know, between seven, eight to up to 15 also. And the day of menopause is that day I mentioned. And then it could last for another five years, at least, of very heavy symptoms because we go from a place where ovaries are producing a normal amount of um, hormones and then until it goes down. So this entire period, period is really the perimenopause, the day of menopause and the postmenopause that can last 10, 15 years. And if women are not treated, um, and it's about 75% of them, uh, they experience extreme fatigue, um, Brain fog, people laugh about it, hot flashes. Uh, and this is a time where the brain needs to adapt. So there are lots of things that can be done mm -hmm. uh, and depending on the women. But if they don't know they can do it, they will um, suffer in silence. It could affect uh, their um, performance at work. Mm -hmm. It can affect their relationships at home or with their colleagues it can affect their health for the older years. Uh, the bones become more porous. The heart vessels during that transition, the heart vessels become more um, um, fragile. Um, and it means that women are more susceptible to heart problems after oh. menopause, in postmenopause. So now you've heard of the women, you know, experiencing um, heart problems, heart attacks. Um, that is generally. So there are things that can be done that nobody talks about because, of course, you know, we're in a system where, you know, the more money we can generate, the better it is. Walking, 
is one of them. Exercise, breathing, uh, and the anxiety that most women experience is just crazy. It's just crazy the level of anxiety we go through. Um, and each woman is going to uh, experience its own symptoms. It could also be linked. Um, the more trauma there had been in the early years, the more symptoms, the more severe the symptoms are. So everything gets to be um, um, like just right there dumped on, on them. And uh, so exercise is, uh, is the most um, is the most effective way. This is also why we're doing a walk. Mm. Uh, community, community, knowing that we have groups and knowing that we are not alone. Mm. Um, and also uh, some diet. Um, it is very important to maintain a fairly good diet. So our blood vessels remain elastic and, and good. We don't get to have more problems um, than uh, we need already and we are um, going to have naturally through aging. Um, yeah, a combination of diet and, um, and, and menopause, and um, sorry, and exercise and um, community. No, I, I, um, I, I guess right even now, like my ignorance that, you know, and, and I've, right heard people like oh menopause you know i'm going through it and like oh it will go away but like that could right like that could be a very long time a significant uh amount of time and so you know we were talking a little bit before about you know there are things that could be changed fundamentally but like uh in terms of access needs right uh, on on the workplace like how like i've never i don't think i've ever heard anyone talk about what accommodations could or should look like for people going through post menopause right yeah no the uk uh the uk so scotland england um wales and also uh ireland Okay. are absolutely leading the way. And this is where I found uh, support myself um, at first. And this is where uh, my colleagues who are running the menopause walk, uh, I've also found support, you know, listening to podcasts. I mean, you have a few things in the UK, but uh, I think they all came out uh, at the same time I came out with the subject and linking it with grief personally. Um, uh, about two years ago, it's really like started to be an awareness in the U.S. And one of the, um, this, this menopause walk um, I'm mentioning, um, one of the recipients of the funds that we hope to raise um, is also going to go to a not-for-profit in New York City called Let's Talk Menopause. And uh, I don't know if you've been to New York City, if you were there last year during the pandemic, but they had posters about let's talk menopause in the subway. Oh, that was wow. the first time. That was the first time. Uh, also about that time, there was a podcast from Michelle Obama. When oh. she had a podcast, she said, here's what I experienced at menopause. She was in the White House and she was sweating. And the President Obama was like, well, um, what's going on? And let's, let's um, turn the temperature uh, down. So, you know, people would be, and especially the women at midlife who experience those hot flashes, it's extremely embarrassing when you're all dressed up, right? It's embarrassing when you're casual, but it's even more embarrassing when you are in an office and you said, oh my God, we need to change the temperature. Mm -hmm. And I was recently in a, in a, in a workplace where I said, oh, you know, most of your employees are women between 40 and 60. What do you know about how they feel? I said, ah, so the gentleman was talking to me and I won't name the place. 
I said, um, oh, but that is what's happening. They have um, a room where they have lunch. And that is why the AC was blasting in that room. Wow. Yeah. But it's not just that. It's giving them the means to, you know, eat some food uh, that is going to slow down the process. Offer them some education, which... I happen to offer. We can make the workplace menopause friendly. Give them just some information. What food works. The amount of water. Fruits and vegetables. Lean proteins. Um, give them, you know, don't give, uh, don't give, um, Protein bars at, in, the, in the kitchen that are full of added sugar. This is awful. Mm. This makes the problem even worse. And uh, don't be dismissive. And say, ask the, the, the workers, how would you like to be supported? And that is also what led me to, um, to think about even going further um, and uh, like they do in the UK, uh, is going to the state level and saying, why don't we talk about a menopause workplace policy that -hmm. would encourage the companies, including the state itself, uh, to think about what can be done. Um, And it's mostly sharing information. No, that that is, um, that's definitely a lot to think about. I, I think, right, like every employer these days pretty much um, will be like, for free, use your insurance. Like you can go and do like health education or you can go and visit a nutritionist. Um, and this is something where, right, like even something like that, um, having those conversations could probably be life-changing. Yeah, and just knowing that people are not alone going through that. Personally, I left my uh, high-paying job at 47. I reached a glass ceiling. This is not a story I tell too often. But I don't think I knew. And uh, I just, um, I wanted to be promoted. I was told, no, it's not possible. And I went on and I said, well, let's negotiate an exit. So many women leave their jobs in their late 40s. Mm. And at the time, I didn't know that I was not the only one. I thought I was kind of like, you know, different. And if I had known that, I would have worked on my anxiety. I would have worked on all of this, um, knowing that um, it was a normal stage of life I needed to go through. And I would have gone through it faster. But right now, because it took me some time to understand, my passion is to facilitate the process for other generations. There are also some uh, medical um, um, ways, uh, medical ways to um, to help women. Um, because I'm not a physician, uh, I don't necessarily, you know, promote or, or um, but I explain how the hormones. Uh, function what happens as a biologist this is what i explain you know why do we experience those symptoms what happens so we're losing different sorts of hormones um and um well hormone replacement therapy is a thing why aren't we all being educated on those options Mm. why 20 years ago um we were told that hormone replacement therapy was really bad. And why did the research kind of stop? And there are reasons for that. The hormones that were used, the clinical trials that were done were fairly poorly designed. Um, I mean, this was like um, a study that was called the, the Women's Health Initiative that was done by NIH. And the results um, were not as expected uh, in terms of uh, bone um, 
I think in, it was it was supposed to test uh, the effect of hormone replacement therapy on both the bone density mm-hmm. and also um, heart problems. And uh, what happened is that most of the women that were part of that um, study were older women who had already passed the age of menopause. It were probably 15 years in average post-menopause. So 15 years without any hormones. So treating them with hormone created other problems. And that's what the study emphasized by saying hormones are bad. Um, hormone are not, hormones are not for everybody, um, but some women can take it. And uh, they need to know why. They need to know the benefits, the risks. Uh, Generally, the younger the women are, the better it is. I I I think one thing that I um you talked about this um, right wisdom that's really brought down from generation to generation. Uh, you know, women talking to their mothers, right, or grandmothers and, and kind of coming into this um, this other aspect of womanhood, right? And so, you know, what, you mostly work with women, but like, what what are the conversations men should be having, right? Like, what are the conversations that, um, right, because we don't talk about, you know, um, things like period poverty, right? We don't talk about um, um, like doulas, right? We don't talk about these, all these other things that encompass women's lives. Uh, and, and so how do we invite ourselves into the conversation and, and find good sources to, to, to be thoughtful? Because I, I, I know sometimes we insert ourselves into conversations and it's like, that wasn't thoughtful. <laughs> Well, this is just a beautifully put uh, question, Justin. Um, This is, you know, yes, it used to be that um, these these transitions were um, uh, facilitated by our mothers, our sisters, etc. But you have to, so one thing about the menopause in particular is that um, it's a fairly new term. We didn't use, as humans, we didn't use to live very long, very long. We didn't use to live in, in, um, in average more than 50 years old. In 1900, the life expectancy was uh, around 50, 50 years old. Wow. So when you think of it, uh, menopause is a, is, is a new concept, right? Um, the research was not done. So how do we just... To answer your question in that perspective, I think, you know, this is an old problem, but this is not that old of a problem. Mm. Um, I think just not not dismissing um, the feelings that women experience during that transition. Just being saying, you know, I'm not feeling well. I'm not feeling well. And this is something I had to teach my husband. He still, you know, it's, it's hard for him. Um, saying I'm not feeling well without having to say, oh, it's because I'm having my periods or it's because um, I think I'm going through menopause. Just validating you're not feeling well. Is there, would you like a glass of cold water? Mm. Right? Would you like me to come with you to see, um, to see um, a provider? Would you like me to look if there is a, a group um, you could go to to share, um, and I can come with you to like a menopause cafe, right? I have a menopause cafes. People come, come. Um, I've had a few men come and say, "Well, I just want to be supportive of my uh, partner." Mm-hmm. Um, just, just uh, not assuming that it's a normal transition in life. Because, yes, it's normal, and yes, eventually we adapt. But we adapt, our brain and our body adapts to the change 
a lot better if we are being validated and just understood we're going through that. That helps tremendously. Instead of being ignored or being joked uh, on, I, I remember it's not so uh, long ago when I was in the, the boardroom, you know, um, with my colleagues who were most, uh, most of them were scientists. And I was often the only woman with a group of men. And they would all talk about their women um, going through menopause. Mm. And not in a very nice way. Not in a very nice way saying, oh, you know, they've been so moody. Um, Men are also partners. They can be partners, you know, whether um, we we also have um, a lot of... um, transgenders uh, who go through this so we're talking a lot about hormones Mm. um, and changes when it comes to gender when it comes to female teenagers you know um can also um just listen to one another why is she why are they right why are they um not well um, and just asking, uh, are you okay? What's going on? Would you like to talk about it? And not making this taboo, the subject taboo. Um, this new generations, um, Justin, you are bringing so much hope. <laughs> no, you are bringing, your generation is bringing change and a lot faster. And um, um, and the the, the messages, uh, the new languages that are being formed to be more inclusive of one another. This is what gives me hope. And this is why I'm so excited to be on your show too. I, I'm learning the language myself. I had to relearn. And I want to learn other people's languages. And I wish um, we all did something like that. We're going to uh, going to the gay pride. I mean, going to the New Haven Pride on uh, on, on Saturday with those posters talking about the menopause walk, and uh, I am so I'm so happy and honored to be there. And I have so much as a as a cis woman. I I am learning so much about the vocabulary. No, I I I, I always laugh with. Uh friends in the sense of like um it's common for i almost i had to stop myself from doing it before when you're talking about menopause of doing a jargon giraffe and being like what what hold on what does this mean like what (laughs) i need to like pause the conversation and be like all right tell me what that thing you just said um i i i think one of the things that you like mentioned right is that there's different constituencies that go through through menopause, right? And that we, and, and that to make space to, to have those conversations. Um, what, you know, what is another way that we, like, how, how can we have these conversations with, you know, before you were talking about how important it is to drink milk when you're younger to like build up bone density and things like that. And so how do we have these conversations with young people um, to, to give themselves the, the, to allow their bodies the, the best chance to um, deal with and go through um, these, these changes of age, right? Um, in school. Mm. You know, when I was in school, um, so you calculate, right, so I'm 55, so we're talking about, uh, so in 70, I was three, so mid-70s, 80s, um, we didn't have, um, we didn't really have um, education about uh, sex education. Mm. We didn't have, um, yeah, I think they traumatized me. Um, I don't know, I was probably 12 or so. So at the time of puberty, they just, instead of explaining to us really, you know, how things were working, they 
showed us a movie of a baby being delivered. <laughs> That's a lot. I don't know how many kids in my classroom have not had children, but <laughs> that was pretty traumatizing. It's a, it's a little, you know, and... Um, no, that's a lot. That's... When you think about it, right? As, as uh, all, that would be a lot to to ponder the process. I think we just need to open our minds. There is so much. I mean, opening our minds, mm. if we start young, by starting young, we would not deal with dementia in the old years because we have this neuroplasticity. So you see all the children all the, all the children in school, um, we are all born with, uh, on a certain um, spectrum, right? Spectrum, and, uh, but we have neurons. We are born with neurons, most of us, right? Once we survive, uh, neurons, and they keep growing and they keep interacting with one another and that neuroplasticity with the little kids they can learn languages they can learn you know to move etc let's keep this active by being curious of the world of other people around us let's keep that curiosity and and curiosity in, in the childhood right sense and 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 continue until our elder years mm-hmm. this is what preserves our brain Let's understand how other people uh, function. Let's be open-minded. That is the best thing we can do. That an exercise to keep our body really and our mind uh, healthy. Milk is good, but also, you know, running is really, or walking, it's what really makes our, our bones solid and will help us go through the menopause and and also through the andropause for men i mean why do we get fragile at the end of our lives right so they are problem it's just more i focus on women as maya angelou was saying you know i i focus on i'm interested in women's health because i'm a woman right Mm -hmm. so um but um we can let's continue to to be curious of other people other animals the planet that's why I'm so hopeful in your generation, Justin. I, I, uh, I'm serious. I, I always joke that I, uh, I am, uh, I, 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 I'm about a decade or so older in climate change years. <laughs> I, uh, well, I, you know, you talked a little bit about how you came into some of this work through doing grief work and so I guess what like I, I I'm interested so you've hosted some of these menopause cafes and so um is there have there been conversations about losing part of oneself right because I could see uh, a person right Anytime you lose ability in any sense, right? It feels like I remember the first time um, in some ways, once I was diagnosed with Tourette's thinking about like, oh, there are certain things I will not be able to do the same way. It's not impossible, but just kind of thinking like, ah, like some of these experiences may be taken away. And so like, what are the type of conversations that happen in these cafes and like what, where can people find them and, and start to be in community, right? To, to have these conversations. Well, what a profound question. Um, thank you for um, understanding me. Uh, this is really moving. Um Yes, so they are on even bright. The death cafes are on um, the last Tuesday of each month at 6 p.m. So you find them um, on on even bright. They're on Zoom. They're free. It's just open to all. 
Uh, in the menopause cafes, I meet uh, every 15th of each um, month, actually, like in a couple of days. So that would be September 15th, you know, October 15th. You know, we meet and once a month for an hour and a half or so on Zoom, and you can find them on Evenbrite. Okay. And this one is called Menopause Cafe Connecticut. So that's the one I host. Um, but there are other desk cafes, you know, throughout the world. There are other menopause cafes throughout the world as well. Um, I just happen to host them. Um, and I don't have to advertise. It's very interesting. People find them. So the conversations we have. Uh, so in the menopause cafes, because it's a menopause talk. Um, well, it's very interesting because we grieve um, each, you know, um, uniquely. Um, a lot of people actually lose loved ones around that time, or where especially women are caregivers for their elderly parents. So, like, to give you an idea, I'm 55, my dad is 90, my mom is 85. So that gives you an idea uh, with uh, a lot more people dying a lot younger also through cancer. Um, uh, uh, you can, I can easily work with a woman in her 40s, um, late 30s, 40s, uh, who had been the caregiver of a parent. Mm -hmm. So this is a term, so that's losses of loved ones losses of identity, um, not being appreciated, lose, loss of jobs, um, also loss of relationships. A lot. That's why also men, you know, for heterosexual relationships, uh, men who have women uh, going through menopause as partners um, are often on the receiving end of a poor menopause management because um, lots of divorces happen at that time. Mm. Um, so divorces, it's another form of grief. The children uh, leaving the home is another form of grief. Um, again, you know, losing a job is a form of grief. Um, a lot of women also talk about the fact that they're grieving, the fact that they're not able to have more babies, mm. especially younger women. Um, and the younger women who wanted to have more children and uh, have early, you know, perimenopause uh, suffer in silence. And this can cause, this is just, you know, you see the effects on uh, relationships mm. this is really in the middle of a lot and you know being sick or being depressed or being uh, anxious um, at work is going to influence the, the personal development of the person a lot of grief no, no, and now I, I, as you say it more, I, I can understand it is a, a pivotal time of change, um, and probably a pivotal time of change where you're more cognizant of, of, of how much time you have left and, 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 and what goals and things you want to do, um, so before we move towards the end i i again so the 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 menopause walk is coming up when is that you said october you're doing the yes. whole we start recording the steps october 1st the entire month of october so people can register now okay hey. um, if they want to they can register now uh if you'd like me to put the, the, the yeah please website please. maybe i could share my my screen they can register now let me see if I am. Okay, let me see. Make sure I can share. Oh, here. Um, sorry. Share my screen. Yeah. Uh, can you see the screen? We can. Oh, see. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
So it's a charity footprint. So it is charityfootprints.com, side by side. Um, it costs, so we're raising money, right? So it costs $25 to register. Mm. And people can, um, have some explanations about who is uh, partnering with and who is, you know, publicizing this uh, event. October's World Menopause Month, we're trying to raise uh, um, Mm. $500,000 to distribute to uh, different um, uh, entities, research entities. Mm. Where are they? They're here. Let's talk menopause, Velcorner Medicine, and the Menopause Hub Research Lab in in, uh, in Ireland. Um, so let's talk menopause is about awareness. So they do a lot of uh, social media uh, posters, lots of talks, bring more awareness. So go check them out. Uh, Velcorner Medicine is a woman's health, uh, woman's brain initiative that studies the brain during menopause and what could be linked, uh, what is, could be, you know, the reason why women uh, develop Alzheimer's uh, more than uh, men. And the Menopause Hub research is on the use of um, testosterone in the treatments. Uh, we know that treating with testosterone works, mm. um, but um, we don't know how. Well, one of my favorite questions to always ask people is, what is a song? What is a song that brings you joy or a song that makes you think of of, of the experience of menopause? Like, what is something I feel like through connection of people, that's how we uh, can better understand stuff? And for me, right? Headphones included, very big audio file. So what's a song that we can think of? So I thought about it and, you know, most of my songs, you know, growing up are French, but, but, but I have to say something that brings me joy and also that brings me hope. So all the song from Cindy Lauper. Okay. Hey, hey. And you got to look at the video. You will see how this brings me so much joy and Sad that we are not there yet because it was from 40 years ago, 1983. Uh, Cindy Lauper, uh, ge- girls just want to have fun. <laughs> and so you see the relationship with the mother, they wanted to be free, they wanted to go beyond, you know, the, 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 um, the, the, the system. And yet we are not there yet. But it gives me hope. And the video has uh, women from, you know, um, the spectrum of gender. There's people of color, the, from people from all over the world, and they're all dancing together. And that brings me a lot of hope. And, and, uh, and that motivates me to keep doing what I'm doing because we are not there yet. Well, Natalie, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, as you said, you highlighted... Um, ever bright right um you, you do these menopause talks there's one coming up the 15th yep. um so um i also have a workshop for um, um employees employers uh, the people actually can ask that it's coming in november it's also on even bright under my name if people are interested um it's a workshop. It's a whole day workshop uh, to explain what menopause is, understanding menopause. Uh, it's at the district. It's going to be at the district New Haven's large co, co-working co uh, space. Uh, and it's actually encouraging employ, employers to come spend a day so they can really help and support their employees. Okay. Well, thank you for connecting with us today. Uh, on Just In Time Conversations, WNH FM 103.5. Thank you to our guests, Natalie. Um, This is Justin Farmer. And until next time, let us plant the seeds of change so we can grow together.
fucking with a dog like me. D to the M to the X. Last I heard, you cowards was having sex with the same sex. I show no love. Empty y'all be loading throw more. How you gonna explain bone in a man? Even if we squash the beef, I ain't touching your hand. I don't mess with Trump. But throw that in the jail, that's that cat with the Kool-Aid on his lips and pumps. I can't deal with brothers that think they're bronze. Only know how to be one way. That's the dog. I know how to get down, know how to bite. Spark very little, but I know how to fight. I know how to chase a cat up in the tree. Man, I give you count of business for messing with me. Turning the more patience. 